It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Uh, it's, the, uh, it's early in the month and early each month we like to celebrate what God is doing beyond our four walls and potentially beyond Perth metro area. Um, in the late 1900s, if you wanted to reach people and build people beyond your, you know, like radius, you would have to go. It's called analog. You'd have to go to them. And uh, now, and that still happens and that still is effective and still matters. Now we have digital as well. And so we as a church take full advantage of that. Right now, Louis just referenced it. She'll talk about it a bit later. Right now, our online experience is running 10 o'clock till whenever I stop preaching. Uh, and again at 5 p.m. And then it's on demand because we like things on demand now. Don't tell me when I wanna watch it. I'll tell you, Netflix. Um, and uh, so that's great. We love that. You know, a couple of, uh, a couple of months ago, we had a, a lady visiting from England. She's been a part of our online community for two years. We'd never met her. She'd never met us. She was in town visiting her daughter, was here on a Sunday. She's like, hi, YouTube recommended Elevate Church online experience to me in Hertfordshire two years ago, and I haven't missed a Sunday. And we're like, nice to meet you, part of our Elevate extended family. Brilliant. Um, we also have our podcast. Now, let me uh, fly over a few November highlights from our podcast. First of all, in November, we ticked over the 77,000 total listens number. So that's not bad. Uh, in the month of November, we had people listen from 25 various countries. Uh, notable include, listen to these, Austria, not to be confused with Australia, Austria, Iceland, hello, which is covered with green and Greenland's covered with, it's a very confusing world we live in, uh, Malawi, Namibia and Wakanda, hello, what, come on, as, as if it's not a real country. Uh, and Kimberly, are you, are, you are you listening? We had a new entrant into our top three coming in, debuting at number three, Aotearoa, bro. Woohoo! New Zealand from across the Dutch. So how about we welcome all of our podcast family. Great to have you with us. And uh, we are week two today of a mini series we call Tis the Season. Now in sort of church world, maybe sort of like more of a traditional vibe, we'd use the word Advent. Uh, we don't kind of use that word, but we're certainly going with the same motivation. And that is in the lead up to Christmas, it's being more intentional and very specifically focusing on the things that Jesus, that God made possible through Jesus and trying to kind of cut through some of the noise and have that penetrate our hearts even more uh, this lead up to Christmas. Now, it's 2022. Christmas is going to look a little different this year for a lot of people around the world. Uh, kind of got to thinking, if Jesus had been born in the last couple of years, then the lead up might have looked maybe a little bit like this. Just saying, I mean, I don't know, I wasn't there, but it's plausible. I mean, he wouldn't have had a choice. Uh, and you're not going to be entirely surprised to learn that somebody... Uh, 
used this surgical mask and made this. Uh, yeah, uh, anyway. Someone with way too much time on their hands. All right. Now, Christmas Day in most countries, including Australia, is a public holiday. And I got to thinking, have you ever tried to maybe or thought about ranking public holidays uh, in terms of how complicated they can get? With maybe one being like completely uncomplicated and like 10 being, oh dear. Uh, (laughs) Well, I did this little thought experiment during the week. Um, Here in Australia, we celebrate Labor Day. No one even knows what that means. And Anzac Day. And as far as complications go, I kind of rank them a one. Like, they're all good. Great. Uh, Then we had the Queen's birthday, which this year became the King's birthday. And I rank that a three because there's a bit of arm wrestling, the monarchists and the republicans. Though I have noticed that monarchists still take the day off. But anyway, um, and now Australia Day. I think that's gone up in the last few years, probably hovering, I think, around a four, maybe climbing. I'm not getting into that. Christmas Day can very easily go into a five plus, and for some people, can actually hit 11 <laughs> out of 10. Things like this year might be financial challenges. You know, cost of everything's gone up and, and some people might be legitimately feeling the, the, the challenges associated with that. Maybe you've recently moved and this Christmas you're feeling disconnected from friends and family that you've been able to celebrate with. Maybe this, not you, but someone you know, maybe there's some family drama going to happen on Christmas Day. Maybe there's dynamics over who's going where, which turn is it to who go to whose family, who's hosting what, who's cooking what. No, I'm cooking the pav. No, I'm cooking the pav. Okay, let's just have two pavs. Um, or maybe, you know, on a much more sort of uh, serious note, maybe, you know, some people have lost, have lost a loved one since last Christmas. And so there's going to be that place empty at the table. And, and if... If any of these rings true for you or maybe some other challenges or complications, then it can be very difficult to find joy or it can be harder to find joy in this season. But what I want to do, and I, I'm calling today's message to the season for joy. Uh, and by the way, we have a lady named Joy sitting there and I've asked her to count how many times I say the word joy. And so where are we up to? Four, three, three. All right, great, good. It's going to go double digits very quickly. Um, And actually encourage you, encourage us, that it is possible to find joy in the season because ultimately, and what I want to really bring out today, is that there's joy in the reason. Um, And it's not tethered to circumstances and it doesn't have to be limited or suppressed by circumstances either. Now, if you've got your smart phone, pop open the camera app, you can scan this flow code. It's gonna take you to Luke chapter one. And by the way, if you even need a reminder of how uh, attached we are to our smartphones, South Korea have just started installing strip lights on the corners of pedestrian crossings with the various colours because nobody's looking up at the little green man and the little red man. They're just looking down and when the strip light goes red, you keep looking at your phone and you won't get killed. (sighs) What a world we live in. All right, it's gonna take you to Luke chapter one. Now, Now this Luke guy was a medical doctor 
And he's, he, he wrote one of the four accounts that we have access to of Jesus' life and ministry. The other three were written by eyewitnesses, people that were part of Jesus' hand-picked posse. Luke wasn't one of them. He came in after Jesus had died, risen, gone back to heaven. And, and, and he thought, man, this stuff is so outrageous. I'm gonna go around and interview eyewitnesses and I'm gonna write down their accounts because this needs to be captured. And he, and he put it together as what we now call a book, but it was actually a letter. He wrote it to some dude named Theophilus. Okay. Yeah, Theophilus was his name. And Luke's eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life and ministry begin talking about a baby. And you're like, well, of course they did. But actually, the baby wasn't Jesus. He came next. The baby was another baby that Luke found important enough in his eyewitness interviews to include and to include before Jesus came along. So let me, let me zero in on this. Two people, Zachariah and Elizabeth, husband and wife. They lived in a rural part of the known world back then, far from Jerusalem. Zechariah was a priest in the, in the Jewish faith in his area. And the Jewish people and, and where Luke drops us into uh, were living in this time in history where God had been effectively silent for 400 years. I mean, you know, hello. If you're like, God, I've been praying for this for three days now. 400 years. In fact, the, the, the reason we know this is that the old part of the Bible, we call it the Old Testament, the last book of that is called Malachi. And Malachi was like a, a prophet, it's like a spokesperson for God. God spoke through Malachi to the people of Israel and then for 400 years went silent. And now we're looking at Zachariah and Elizabeth. And so you'd have to imagine as a priest in the Jewish faith, advocating for a God who's been silent for 400 years, could have been quite frustrating. In fact, not just silent, they as a nation had been praying that God would fulfill the promise of sending a saviour into the world. And God hasn't yet done that. And not only hasn't done that, He's not saying anything at all. Add to that, Zechariah and Elizabeth hadn't yet been able to have a baby. And they'd been praying for that as well. And God hadn't answered that prayer. So again, the, the, if joy is linked to circumstances, then I think it's pretty fair to assume that Zechariah and Elizabeth would have been struggling to find reasons to be joyful. But then something started to happen, something remarkable. Uh, Zechariah entered a lottery. It was a lottery reserved for priests. Priests could enter this lottery and the prize, if you won it, and it was only one priest per year you'd win, if you won it is that you would be invited to Jerusalem, the big town, and be invited to go into the temple, the big house, um, and actually go behind it, just give you a very quick skinny of it, temple, you there sitting, altar here, here. Then there was a curtain and then behind the curtain was a box called the Ark of the Covenant and God's presence lived inside the box. Nobody could go behind the curtain except for one hand-picked priest. 
And they would go in and they would pray on behalf of the people, the nation, and they would light incense. And that incense was symbolic of their prayers going up to God. This was a big deal. I mean, it's such a big deal, by the way, if you were the priest that got that honour, they would tie a rope to your leg and you'd go in because if you hadn't done all the rituals properly and, 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 and confessed all your sins before you went in there and you weren't right with God, He would kill you and they, they couldn't go in and fetch you. So they would just tug on the rope. If It's kind of like, he's been in there a while and just drag you out like, ah, oh, Zachariah. But, but they didn't go in with trepidation. They go in, went, went in with, this was gonna be the honour of a lifetime for a priest. So we, let's fast forward. Zechariah is in the temple. He's behind the curtain with the presence of God, lighting the incense. And he would have prayed on behalf of Israel. God, please speak soon. God, please send the Saviour soon. Please, you know, uh, and an angel appeared to him, an angel named Gabriel, who, by the way, is the same angel that went on to appear to Mary to tell her that she was going to give birth to a child, calling Jesus, and he's going to be the saviour of the world. Gabriel hits Zachariah up first. And Gabriel said what all the angels said as his opening statement, don't fear, which I think is fair. It's also a little misleading, you know, like walking down a dark alley. Someone's walking behind you and they tell you, don't fear, fear. But no, don't fear. Check this. Your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth, your wife will bear you a son by you. You're going to name him John. You're going to leap like a gazelle for joy. And not only you, many will delight in his birth. He'll achieve great stature with God. And this was all happening prior to Luke even acknowledging that there's another baby like coming down the pike named Jesus. And, and I take this as a reminder for you and I that we can experience joy in the lead up to Christmas, not just on the day of Christmas, that in the preparation, in the, 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 the stuff that happens before, that joy is available, is accessible for you and for I. And, and one of the ways we do that is we focus on the heart of God for His people. Your prayer has been heard. God did not lose your number, block you. <laughs> your prayer has been heard and, and, and we can experience joy in that when we focus on God and, and His promises. Um, now, right now, uh, a lot of kids are writing letters to Santa with their lists, you know, like mine every year these days, it's the same. Cash or Bunnings vouchers. Santa, just anything else, don't need them or probably already have them. Just cash, Bunnings voucher. Um, but kids, you know, they're writing to Santa because they're writing to him uh, with hope, with, it, with this, uh, it's kind of like a prayer in a sense. I got Santa, please, I know you're coming and I know you're bringing something. So let me make it easy for you and bring me the thing I want. It's like, and, and I love it. Here, here, here's one, check this letter to Santa. Dear Santa, how are you and the reindeer doing? I'm doing fine. 
I want a new football game and a football because my little brother always tries to steal mine. He may look sweet, but he is the devil. I need to meet this kid in my lifetime. I really do. He needs to write some of my messages. I also want a remote control truck. Love, Evan. Oh, P.S. Uh, how do you get into my house on Christmas? <laughs> He's the devil. Now, it's great for kids to hold on tight to the promise of Santa and what he's going to bring. It's even better than that, that you and I can hold on to the promise that God has made, the promises that God has made and have the expectation growing, growing, the anticipation growing for, for God to say to you, I've heard your prayers. Luke records that it didn't happen in Zechariah's timeline, but it happened and it happened according to God's timeline, but there's a confidence that comes with that. Because um, if God decides it, it's done. Having said that, if you've ever doubted that God's going to answer a prayer, if God's going to actually deliver on a promise, you're in good company. Because Zechariah did exactly that. He said to this angel in front of him, how, can I, how do I know I can trust you? <laughs> and Gabriel said, because I was sent by the king of kings, dummy. All right. For some reason, that was good enough for Zechariah. But Gabriel said, because you did doubt God, you're not going to be able to speak another word until that promise of the Son comes to pass. Which, by the way, also prevented Zechariah from saying any dumb stuff to his wife while she was pregnant. So, you know, there's a little blessing squirted in amongst the rest of it. But, you know, you're a priest and you're not going to be able to speak for the next nine months. Now, the people were getting restless at this time, Luke records. And I imagine somebody, like their job is to pull the rope. And I imagine everyone's sort of looking at them like, is it time? Like, I don't think he's coming back out alive. Well, he did. He came back out and they were like, uh, but he couldn't speak. So he started using sign language to communicate with them and it was an object lesson for Zachariah and it was ultimately an object lesson for the people. Don't ever doubt the promises of God. When God says it, it's a done deal. One of God's promises, and I'd probably rank it in the top three, is the promise of his presence. And that's presence like not E-N-T-S, presence. That God actually promises time and time and time again recorded through history that he will be with you. That he will be with me. He'll be with you on the mountaintop, which is when we often least think we need him. <laughs> and he'll be with us in the valley. He'll be with us in the challenges. He'll be with us in the elations. He'll be with us when we're discouraged. He'll be with us when we're celebrating. He 
will be with us. And when we put our faith in Jesus, which is kind of a leveled up thing uh, and say, you know, Jesus, I actually believe you are the son of God. I believe you were sent by God into this world. I believe you died on the cross, rose again for the forgiveness of my sins. And I, I say, I, I'm, I make you my Lord, forgive me. I'm gonna follow you the rest of my days. When we pray that prayer, God says he actually invades our life with his presence. That it's not just something that's kind of out there that we can grab for, but actually we carry his presence called his Holy Spirit with us everywhere. Everywhere we go. In, in this reminder that, that joy isn't tethered to the spirit of Christmas. Now, if you dig Christmas, your joy level might get rammed up a bit. But, 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 it, but, but if you're like, I'm not feeling it this year then don't focus on the spirit of Christmas, focus on the spirit of God living and working in you, for you and through you and, and, and just see the joy that will come as a result of that. All right, fast forward, Zachariah and Elizabeth have returned home. Nine months have gone by. Luke picks it up. When Elizabeth was full term in her pregnancy. She gave birth to a son and her neighbours and relatives, seeing that God had overwhelmed her with mercy, celebrated with her. I've said it before. There's probably a t-shirt coming. Following Jesus is a team sport. When we prioritise doing life with other people in community, when we prioritise intentionally developing deep spirited friendships, here's what happens. Your joy gets amplified. Your joy gets multiplied because you're feeling it. And then the people around you go, man, that is so great. And everyone's feeling it and we're all feeling it. There's a huge vibe going on because we've chosen to prioritise doing life in community, developing deep spirit of friendships. And, and I'm just gonna tell you this, if, if, if you haven't done that yet, and you're just kind of, if, if all you've done so far is just kind of dipped your toe in the shallow end of the deep spirited friendships pool, you're missing out. I mean, we're probably missing out from what you're gonna bring, I love, but, but, but you're missing out. And yet together they celebrated. Now, I love a lot of things about Elevate Church. Uh, FYI, we're not perfect, but I love a lot of things about us as a church. And one of the things I like, love, love about Elevate Church is there's a lot of joy and not a lot of drama. And those two things are not as common <laughs> as they probably should be in churches that are meant to be the body of Christ. And one of the reasons for that, that I put it down to, is that we're focused on others as the priority. This is like a clue to how we can increase our joy is by being first focused on others. In fact, let me, let me inoculate you, if I could, against the opposite. See, the way, one of the ways to really fast track your joy decreasing individually. And one of the ways that we can shrink wrap our joy as a church is that we start prioritizing 
our own preferences. That we begin every prayer with, God, what about me? That we walk in on a Sunday, what about me? That that becomes the anthem of our life and our church. You watch your joy shrink. I hope they play the songs that I like this morning. I hope that teaching team member's preaching and not that one, because I prefer that one. Um, and this one, I shared this about a year ago. Uh, I, I literally know, and, and I know this, I've heard this a few times, where in some churches there's been a first-time guest and they've come early because first-time guests don't turn up late because they don't know that you're allowed to. We don't lock the doors at 10 yet. Um, that, that there's been a regular person or family walk in and walk up to the first time guest and say, excuse me, you're sitting in my seat. Please move. There was, see, here's the thing. I'm greatly encouraged by your response that we had the same response a year ago. You're shocked. And I love that. Please, 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 to the day you die, be shocked when you hear that story instead of saying, yeah, that was me. Yeah, 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 we did that. What's the problem here? <laughs> now, one of, the way, one of the many ways we prefer others is through our Elevate Global Initiative. Now, I'm just gonna give a quick flyover over this. Man, I could, have, I could do a whole message on this. We could go bonkers on it. I love what God is allowing us to do in partnership with two organizations. So Elevate Global, the big idea is to help uh, people in certain communities move from poverty to power, both in the Philippines, and we partner with Compassion Australia for that, and through India, and we partner with Opportunity International Australia for that. Uh, I got the update from, uh, from the first half of the year sent to me this week for us uh, from Opportunity International Australia. Now, I there's a lot to talk about with them, but they, they work in several countries. The, part, the partnership we have with them is in India. We might not be aware of this, some of you probably are, but the whole cost of living increase, that's happening everywhere. In fact, the World Health Authority have actually just increased the dollar value of the poverty line. It was $3.25 a day. If you earned above that, you're above the poverty line. Now it's $3.65 a day. It doesn't sound much, but run it as a percentage, meaning, you know. <clears throat> and so it matters. And so, so, so families that are trying to become self-sufficient and put their kids through school and have a decent roof over their head and some, you know, consistent, stable food coming in, it's, you know, it's been made more uh, out of reach with what's going on. So there's that. And plus there's this thing you may have heard of called a COVID-19 pandemic, which in some of these developing countries, they don't have that infrastructure that, that we have in Western countries. So here's, here's a couple of, just go back. This is a couple of stats. Look at this. Opportunity International in India, in the first six months of 2022, January to June, offered small loans and financial services to 5.7 million families just in India. 
And, and those loans are typically given to women who, tend, who typically start or, or expand a small business. And then they use those profits to support their family. Um, 5.7 plus million families just in the first six months of the year with a 95% repayment rate too, by the way, uh, without getting reminder letters sent from the bank overdue. Uh, again, the infrastructure for COVID-19 pandemic response is weaker in a lot of these countries. Opportunity International pivoted or expanded their model to start training up health leaders in these communities. And so just in the first six months of this year, they trained up 1,200 health leaders to lead the COVID-19 you know, emergency response in communities throughout India. And Opportunity International understand the value of education to... Uh, empower the next generation. So they've set up now school fee loans and school improvement loans and are offering them, and, and we've got stats. I didn't want to bog you down with too many numbers. Um, and, and we get to give through Elevate Global that's then passed on to Opportunity International Australia and invested into this sort of stuff happening. It's just bonkers. And, and we'll never meet these people. And they'll never meet us to be able to thank us, but that's okay. Our story becomes part of their story and their story connects with our story and we trust that God's saying, well done, Elevate Church. So here's an invitation I wanna put out there. Why not, now you can go to our website, uh, find out more about them. I didn't, I'm not, I didn't have time to go into the whole details, but go to elevatechurch.me. Click on the Give tab and you'll see Elevate Global. And that's just got some info about opportunity and about compassion and some of what's happening there. But here's, here's a little invitation I want to put out there. Consider adding Elevate Global on your gift list this Christmas. Whatever amount. We don't, it doesn't come to us, I understand. It goes through us to, to, happen, to, to, do, to do these things. There's a brochure about Elevate Global at our front desk. You can grab that if that's easier for you as well. And you can give just through all the normal giving channels. Um, but just maybe think about that. And I can't give you a money back guarantee, but I'd be very confident that you will experience great joy in that very act of giving this Christmas. All right. Now, as we just learned, Elizabeth's now given birth. And in the Jewish culture, it was customary about eight days later to gather together with family and friends for the snip snip, if it was a boy, and I'm not referring to the umbilical cord. Um, and then at that same ceremony, they would typically name the child. So Elizabeth announced that the child would be named John. And the Family freaked out. John, you can't call him John. There's no Johns in this family. You have to call him Zachariah after his dad. That's the custom here. So be encouraged. If you have family drama this Christmas, you're not the first. It's even in the Bible. And so they triangulate, as families often do. They didn't get the response from Elizabeth that they wanted. So let's ask dad. Problem is, dad can't speak. 
So, asking for an iPad, Zachariah wrote, His name is to be John. Well, that took everyone by surprise. Surprise followed by surprise because Zachariah's mouth was now open. He speaks, his tongue loose, and he was talking, praising God. Note this as a clue to how you can experience more joy in your life. His tongue was loose and he started whinging. His tongue was loose and he started cursing. His tongue was loose and he's saying, oh yeah, look what God did to me for last nine months. It's been terrible. And he was talking, praising God. There's a law, if you're a farmer, you know this. If you have an urban farm like I do, you know that. If, you, if you've ever grown anything, you know this. There is a law, it's a law. It's not an idea, it's not a suggestion, it's not even a principle, it's a law. It's called the law of the harvest, okay? God set it up and it hasn't changed. It's not gonna change. It breaks down like this. Whatever you sow, put in seed, is what you'll grow, is what you will reap. So just in this lead up to Christmas, let me ask you a question to ask yourself. What's the prevailing narrative that comes out of your mouth? I'm not talking about denial, but the first thing, the first thing that Zachariah used his voice for was to praise God. And, and, and I just, I mean, I'm sure he felt joy anyway, because there's this baby that God had answered the prayers for. Um, but I just wonder how much his joy was multiplied by his focus on praising rather than complaining. That his focus was on the promises rather than the problems. And that very much can be a clue for us as well. And if you're not sure, like you know what the people around you's narrative is because you have to put up with it. But sometimes we get a little bit tone deaf to our own narrative. So just ask somebody that knows you well. Am I a ninja? Like, yeah, kind of. I called one of my neighbours out last week. So every time they talk to me, they whinge. I said, how long are you going to live in the house? Oh, I don't know, 20, 30 years. I said, so what, is that what I've got to put up with the next 20, 30 years? Every time I see you, you're going to be whinging? And they said, I don't complain about much. I said, yeah, you do. The only time you talk to me is when you're whinging about something. So either just don't talk to me or say something nice, like a human. Well, I'm the person they complain about. So, uh, you know, and now you know why, because I don't always tell people what they want to hear and stroke them. I'm not your mother. Anyway, <laughs> he didn't like me telling him what his prevailing narrative was, but, you know, truth hurts sometimes. Hey, last thing, uh, we're, we're um, uh, part of our focus and run up to Christmas is we're joining together, reading a Bible plan each week, an Adventist one, which by the way, Kaylee, I, we posted one as a church on Monday, like through the Bible app. So scan this if you haven't already, you can make Elevate Church your church. We'll post a featured Bible plan tomorrow, Monday. Um, we posted one on Monday, it's pretty good. It's called uh, The Interruption of Christmas. Pretty good. And then Kaylee, who, who she's, thank God she's sitting there and not in my seat, Hayden, uh, is, um, well, she would have heard from me, is, um, 
I'm the only person with an assigned seat here. How bizarre. Uh, she posted one. Um, yeah, way better. Great. Yeah, thanks for sharing, love. We're now no longer friends on the Bible app. Um, so we're going to probably post Kaylee's find uh, called the Bible Project Advent something something. And we love the Bible Project. So there's a, anyway, tomorrow. So scan this, set that up, and it'll be available. And again, it's just us as a church preparing our hearts for Christmas. We really hope you've got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.